What's up? It's Nate from The Mix-Up. Friday, yes, I'm posting this Friday, uh, unlike last Friday, but you, you would know that already if you follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast provider you use. Make sure to follow me just to make sure you get my podcasts right away sent to whatever notification system you get on whatever app you use. I use Spotify personally, so whatever podcast I follow, I get updated whenever that podcaster posts. So make sure to follow me on whatever podcast provider you use. Anyways, I'm Nate. This is The Mix-Up. Check me out on Instagram at Nathaniel Mahan. I post there a lot in my Instagram story, so there's never a shortage of content over there. Anyways, without further ado, let's get right into it. Today's episode is going to follow the same trend I've been following for the past, uh, I don't know, couple of weeks. Again, if you follow me on Instagram, which you totally should, you would sort of get what this trend is talking about. And it's talking about discrimination, racism, anti-this and anti-that behavior. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that I have to talk about this so much. And not only me, but everyone else has to keep talking about this so much because it feels like we've been talking about this for so long and I'm getting a bit tired of it and I'm getting a bit tired of having to repeat myself and I'm sure other people are getting tired of having to repeat themselves as well. So today, for once, I'm not gonna talk about anti-black racism, no, because I'm a bit worn out. So I'm gonna switch up to another form of discrimination, another type of discrimination, which is very important to discuss and very important not to forget ever, and that is anti-Semitism. Now, I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile, which means I am not a Jew. Uh, I do have close Jewish friends. I have Jewish people that I'm very close to and I consider them to be family. So, am I qualified to speak about this? Probably not. Um, I hope I don't butcher anything. I hope I don't, you know, say anything I'm not supposed to say. But I'm sure I'll get my point across pretty effectively. Now, the reason why I want to discuss this is because... Of course, as a black person and someone who very, uh, very enthusiastically supports black and African media, there's a sickening amount of anti-Semitism within black activism and, uh, and other types of activism as well. You know, um, Palestinian activism, um, uh, LGBTQ plus activism. Basically, most activism uh, spheres contain an unhealthy amount of anti-Semitism. In fact, any amount of anti-Semitism is unhealthy for the community and for the movement. So I'm going to focus on anti-Semitism in the black movements, uh, mainly because that's what I see all the time and that's what I, I have a lot of exposure to. So therefore, I think I can talk about that because everything else I don't really have exposure to, so I can't really talk about those issues. But in terms of the black movement, uh, there's a little thing, well, not, it's not little, it's quite a huge, actually, uh, thing in the black community, especially in the United States, called the Nation of Islam. Now, I have nothing against the Nation of Islam. I think what they stand for, not entirely, because, hey, they're pretty damn crazy sometimes, but in their deep core roots, what they stand for and what they were founded for has good intentions. And you can see, you can sort of hear it in my language, what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say I support them. 
but I'm not trying to say I'm against everything they do. I sort of take a neutral stance because their goods sort of balance out their bad. So they're sort of a meh organization in my mind though, right? I don't want to sound like I'm anti-black, anti-this, but I'm just saying the Nation of Islam is a bit radical, but also has a lot of uh, strong support and, and, and strong rapport in the black community. Now, the reason why I'm you know, saying this with such sensitivity is because their de facto leader, uh, the Honorable Louis Farrakhan, who many black folks look up to, and I myself, you know, follow a lot of his teachings because, you know, he's an inspirational character, has also displayed a shocking amount of anti-Semitism in his speeches, as well as his rhetoric. And this is how he hides it. This is how the, the Nation of Islam hides it. They basically say, how can a Semitic people be anti-Semitic? And in my mind, it's okay. First of all, how can anybody be anti-anything? First of all, I'm just saying, as, as a human being, how can you hate other human beings? So, I guess that kind of makes sense. But at the same time, we do have black people who are racist towards other black people. I mean, if you watch the boondocks as a kid, I mean, even as an adult, it's not really a kid's show, it's more of an adult show. But if you watch the boondocks, uh, one of my favorite shows too, by the way, you would know a certain character named Uncle Ruckus, who is sort of that typical quote-unquote coon character, as they say on the internet nowadays, how the word, the, the, the term coon now all of a sudden means a black person who goes against the black community. But we have that, and it's, it's everywhere. You, you have people who hate their own people for a, a, a multitude of reasons. So just to say that statement which the Nation of Islam put out, how can Semitic people be anti-Semitic? Well, how can anybody be anti-anything? And the same reason how black people can hate black people, how Semitic people can hate other Semitic people, it's it just, you know, it, it's all part of that racism sphere. I know I didn't do a great job of explaining it just now. Sorry, my, my little thing dropped. I don't know if you heard it there. But I don't know if I'm doing the greatest job of explaining it, but I hope you sort of get my point. Again, I'm treating it with super sensitivity because this is something that I myself need to learn a lot more about. So I don't want to go too in without knowing the entire picture because I will guarantee make a few uh, slips of speech. So let's go back to anti-Semitism in black movements. It's a popular belief, um, you know, that the Jews had a huge role to play in the slave trade. This is something which sort of has unfortunately unified a lot of members of the black community against the Jewish community. But here's what I'm thinking about this. Here's, here's my opinion about it. Why are you judging people allegedly based on the alleged sins of their ancestors? I say alleged because there's very little hard proof that any Jewish person was involved in the slave trade. And if they were involved in the slave trade, it was a less than 1% of the entire group of people. Less than 1% of people in a certain community, which contributes to less than 1% of the entire world's population, over 300 years ago, and today for some reason, a lot of black people still hold that grudge over the Jewish community. And that doesn't make any sense. And in, in my eyes, you know, again, I keep saying in my eyes because a lot of black folks don't think what I think. 
you know, and sometimes that's pretty unfortunate because some of us can hate just as much as the people we're fighting against, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow, but it's a pill we have to swallow in order to create a greater society, which sort of supports all people and all beliefs and all practices and all ways of life, because we can't have one totally innocent group of people because that's totally impossible. No group of people is totally innocent. But again, back to the topic at hand. Now, I, again, I've taken multiple African history courses. In fact, my entire degree is based on African history. And African history from slave trade all the way to post-colonialism. And mainly post-colonialism, but I, I had to learn a lot about the slave trade and what happened during the slave trade. Now, a lot of black people in the United States and in Canada, as well as throughout the Caribbean, but less, less so throughout the Caribbean, hold a grudge over the slave trade, which is totally understandable. Again, it's totally understandable how you can hold a grudge over how your ancestors were treated back, you know, a couple hundred years ago. And I, I myself still feel a bit hurt by that. You know, it, it's, 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 it's painful to know what your ancestors has been through. But there's something I've always thought in my mind, something I've always believed, and it's that when you have one group of people struggling and another group of people struggling differently, but still struggling, why is it that those two groups of people try to find conflict with each other rather than attack or not attack, but defend themselves against the people who they're struggling against? Look, the Jewish community has been struggling for thousands of years. I say that with 100% confidence. It's in religious texts. It's in historical texts. We learn it in Sunday school. We learn it everywhere. We see it all the time. And we see it still to this day. The Jewish community has been struggling and has been running for thousands of years. Until relatively recently, after the Balfour Declaration, they received a homeland in what is today Israel, or some people would say Palestine, or some other people who are really, really, really old school would say Judea. Now I say these three terms because geographically and politically, people think them as interchangeable. Now do I think it as interchangeable? Well, I don't know. I have not developed an opinion on that as yet. I have to research more because hey, nobody, and let me tell you, nobody has all the answers to all of the questions. So I was always confused, even as a kid, why do certain black people who I was taught to look up to hate the Jewish community so much? And it was confusing to me. And I'll tell you why it was so confusing to me, because I grew up in a church. I grew up going to Sunday school every Sunday. I go to I went to church every Sunday up until a few years ago. Um, you know, for, for mainly because my church became a bit too homophobic. And I'm, I'm a literal guy, right? I, I, I accept everyone, no matter who they are. I think, you know, we're all good people deep down. We just need a little bit of help to get that good to come out. And my church was going a bit too much, you know, too much in the, in the radical way, if you know what I'm saying. Y'all who go to church will know what I'm saying. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've been going to church most of my life. Right, the vast majority of my life, I've been a church attendee of the same church. And of course, when you go to church, 
you learn about the Bible, you learn about the people in the Bible, and you treat the people in the Bible with the utmost respect because they're biblical people, they're prophets, they're leaders, they're people who can teach you things about how to live your life today. And I, and I wholeheartedly agree with that in terms of every religion. I don't go to church anymore, but I still have tremendous respect for Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, Sikhism, Buddhism, all kinds of religions. I have tremendous respect for them because all of them at their deepest core tenets teach us to love our neighbors for who they are and not what they are. Let me, let me repeat myself. Every single major world religion, even the smaller ones that don't get too much attention, their core value is to love each other for who they are and not what they are. So you can picture me as a little kid who believed this, right, and who was taught this, looking at my own people hating on some other people, even though my own people, the black people, the people of the African diaspora, were oppressed ourselves. So why are we looking to oppress another group? You know, do you get the confusion here? Do you see what I'm talking about here? And then on top of all of that, you know, my community has tried to justify their actions using religion and using history. However, you cannot justify any action that takes um, or, or, or that treats another group with hate or disdain using religion. Because, look, again, I've studied the Bible, I've delved in a bit into the Quran, I'm not Muslim, but I've delved into uh, a bit of the Quran out of curiosity and then to learn what people are thinking about. And of course, you know, when you read the Bible, a lot of it is based on the Torah, the, Jude uh, the Jewish Torah. So I've studied these religious texts from a young age and to this day, and nowhere, I repeat to myself, nowhere are any followers of that religion commanded to, in terms of today's context, to go against another group of people. There are cases where people at the time that these texts are referring to, which is you know generally thousands of years ago, go against other groups based on the commandment of God or whoever's commanding them. But nowhere does it say for the people of today to hold a grudge and to go against the other people because of what happened 3,000, 4,000, 2,000 years ago. Do you understand what I'm saying? I hope you understand what I'm saying. And let me break it down to specific examples. Now, in the Christian community and the Muslim community, I'm not saying every single Christian and every single Muslim because I know lots of Christians and Muslims who, who do not exhibit this trait. In fact, most Muslims and Christians I know do not exhibit this, but there is a sizable minority, a very loud minority too, I should say, that believe that the Jews are bad people that are extremely anti-Semitic. But okay, so let me speak to the Christians first because I myself grew up in a Christian household. I myself was born a Catholic. I myself know these things because I grew up in it. The person we worship as Christians, right? The person I was taught to pray to as a child was Jesus. I'm sure most of you know who Jesus is. But let me, let me tell you something that maybe you forgot. Jesus was a Jew. His disciples were Jews. Christianity literally is the, the, the definition of Christianity are, or is the religion which follows the teachings of Jesus Christ and believes that Jesus is the Messiah. 
you know, the savior that came down from heaven to save the people of the earth and give them a chance to go to heaven, to water it down to very basic terms for you. But the person who has done this in terms of the Christian context is Jesus. And it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that because I'm going to bring it into Islam here. I'm going to connect Islam to these two religions, Judaism and Christianity. Because Judaism, Christianity, and Islam believe in one prophet by the name of Abraham. And if you're Muslim, you may refer to him as Ibrahim, but it's the same name, it's the same person, it's the same like you know character we're referring to here, Abraham. And every single Jew, every single Christian, and every single Muslim claims to have their faith as a descendant of Abraham. So that will technically mean the three Abrahamic religions, because that's what they call it, by the way, in case you wonder why they call it Abrahamic religions, the three major Abrahamic religions. Doesn't that mean we're all family? You know, in terms of the religious context, not literally, but in terms of religion, aren't we all family? So as a kid, you can imagine I was confused. Why am I hating my brothers and sisters, right? Why, why are my people hating other people who we claim to be family with. And it, it, it really confused me. And it still to this day confuses me. So whenever I see black activists online or quote unquote black activists online uh, tweeting uh, anti-Semitic things, you know, claiming the, the Jews are behind the death of George Floyd or the Jews are behind this, the Jews are behind that. Look at them. I treat those people like flat earthers. But rather than talk about something as stupid as flat earth, they're actually bringing up points which can really damage people. And it, it, it attacks close to home too. You know, again, I, I live in Toronto. It's a beautiful city, wonderful people. But again, it has its issues. And there's a restaurant in Toronto. I won't name it because I don't want to give it any public attention more than it already has on social media. But they are openly anti-Semitic. They literally would tear down flags of Israel, which are put in front of their store. They will tweet out and put on Instagram posts that explicitly attack Jews, especially Jews who believe in the state of Israel, otherwise known as Zionists. Now, don't get me started on why I think if you hate Zionists, you really deep down are using it to cover up your hate for Jews. I won't start on that. Maybe I'll have to do more research and come up with a podcast that explains to you that if you hate Zionism, that's basically a cover-up for your true hate of Jewish people. But I digress. Actually, no, I will not digress because let me talk about this in terms of the black context. And I'm speaking to you, uh, you know, I, you know, the, the, the African and, and black activists out there who believe in black power and believe in black pride. If you believe in pride for your people, how come you cannot let other people believe in pride for their people, okay? Let me repeat myself. If you believe in pride for your people, how come you cannot allow other people to be proud of who they are and where they come from? I myself am a Pan-Africanist. I believe that Africa as a continent should unite to be a homeland for everyone of the African diaspora to go back to if they so wish. And I strongly believe that by me saying this, I don't offend anybody out there unless you kind of have a bit of a deep down hatred for Africans. You know what I mean? But what if I, I changed the word African and Africa to Jew and Israel? How would you feel? Would that piss you off? 
Why would it piss you off? Why does it piss you off? But if I change the word back to Africa and, and, and Africans, you get what I mean, right? If I change the word back to Africans and Africa, all of a sudden, it's okay. If I change the word back to First Nations and North America, all of a sudden, it's okay. But if I somehow talk about Jews and Israel, oh my God, that's bad. These people are Nazis. These people are this. Do you understand how hypocritical that sounds to you? Now again, I know I'm not going too deep into this and I'm not going too deep into it on purpose because I myself, as a Gentile, as, a, as someone who's not Jewish, I have to learn, right? I myself have to educate myself. I have to read books, watch documentaries, talk to my Jewish friends and learn independently as well. You know, I can't rely on them for all of my knowledge or else that just makes me dependent on my knowledge. And as someone who wants to be more accepting and wants to be more understanding, you have to learn independently. You can't learn dependently. Otherwise, you know, you will always see them as the other. You would never see them as another human being. But anyways... The reason why I don't go too deep into this is, again, I have to learn a lot more. But I will definitely go deeper in the future. And I want to leave this with you today as I wrap up this episode. It's not going to be as long as the episode I posted on Tuesday. Um, thank goodness, because <laughs> that was a bit long. Anyways, I want to leave you with this today. If you hate one ideology or one group of people... For a reason which you cannot define with hard facts, you do not hate that ideology. You do not hate that group of people who believe in a certain thing. You just hate. You just need something or someone to hate. So what are you going to do about that? Are you going to settle in your ways of hate? Are you going to refuse to talk to the other side because they're the enemy and they're bad? Let me tell you, if someone who was part of the clan wanted to talk to me, I would welcome the conversation with open arms. I would be smiling to get the opportunity to have that conversation. And I will actively reach out to someone who's in the clan or someone part of the alt-right or a neo-Nazi and I have a conversation with them. Not because I'm trying to convert them and tell them they're wrong. No. I don't hate them. I don't really agree with what they believe in, but I don't hate them. I will have a conversation with them to better understand where they're coming from. Why do they believe in this? So I can understand where does the hate come from, and then we don't have to change the person. All we have to do is take a deep look at the origin of the hate. So, let's think about this in an anti-Semitic context. If you are a in-the-closet anti-Semite, which I can name some of you by name, but I will not because, again, I don't want to give anybody more publicity than they already have. If you are an in-the-closet anti-Semite or have had negative opinions about the Jewish community, don't think about why you should like Jews. Think about, first, why you hate them in the first place. Why do you feel the way you feel? Why do you think of this group of people who have done nothing to you personally in 99.9% in, in of all the context, who have done nothing to you, who have been minding their own business, why do you hate them? And think about that deeply inside. Why do you hate them? And is your hate warranted? 
and I guarantee to you, you will find out that no hate is warranted, including yours, and that you need to learn something. And then after you learn something, it's time for you to go out to your family members, your friends, your community who has been expressing the same type of hate and tell them like, hey, maybe this isn't right. We should try to learn some more. We should try to change our ways a little bit to be better citizens of whatever country we belong to. Whether you're Israeli, whether you're Palestinian, Lebanese, Saudi, Egyptian, Libyan, American, Canadian, British, French, Russian, Chinese, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we go from dust to dust, ashes to ashes, if you know what I mean. If you know what I mean, then you're an OG Sunday school you know, person. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're all rotting the ground the same way. People will cry for us when we die. People will smile when they, when they remember us. We'll raise families. We'll get married if, you, if that's what you want to do. You will smile. You will cry. You will have happy days, sad days. At the, at the end of the day, we're all human beings and we all have human issues that need human solutions. So I don't think we should be focusing on hating someone else because they're not the same human as we are. Again, at the beginning of the episode, I said it, and I'll say it again. We should start focusing on who people are rather than what they are. Anyways, I'm Nate. This is The Mix-Up. Check me out on Instagram at Nathaniel Mahan. I post about this kind of stuff multiple times every day, so y'all will get your feel over there. And yeah, I'm out. You'll hear from me on Tuesday for Tuesday Talks. Mm-hmm.